If you enjoy the show and would like to support our endeavors, please be sure to visit the links in the description below and consider subscribing to our Patreon. Happy listening, and stay weird and creepy. Cyber sources may not be suitable for some listeners. The show contains strong language, mature content, and graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. So I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm a little bit nervous talking on this topic. Why? Like, so it's a big, like, I know we've covered some pretty big things on the show already, but I feel like the subject of this episode is just so dense and rife with information of all varieties. It's an interesting talking point, you know, regardless of where you stand on its validity, but... I think you're overthinking it just a little bit. I mean, like you just said, we've covered some pretty informationally dense topics before. So why is this one any different? I don't know. Like, I can't quite pinpoint it, but I guess maybe it's like the fear of dropping the ball. Like not getting enough information out or the right information out or missing something that could be crucial. Like I, I, I have a similar feeling with this as I did with the Loch Ness episode. I feel like there was just something missing. Well, that's because it's all bullshit. And when you give a story that doesn't give (laughs) adequate or convincing detail, it sounds like you're missing a lot because you are, which is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) That's all right. We'll be fine. (laughs) And, you know, we have stepped up our game when it comes to research. And I know you're... No, we are a little critical... Uh, just a little, of some of the episodes for the same exact reason. I have never heard you be critical of the show. How dare you? (laughs) I think our notes on this one are solid. It may end up being a bit longer than some of our recent episodes, but I'm pretty happy with everything we've got. Just got to condense it into like 60 minutes minimum, 80 minutes absolute max, or whatever. Maybe we do a part two. I mean, I suppose we could. Uh, Like, it it doesn't necessarily have to be 60 minutes minimum. I think last week's episode was, what, closer to, like, 48 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) That that was a quick one. But we'll see where we end up when we're nearing the end. Um, You are right in the fact that I've been a little critical of recent ones, like, strictly, because I feel like we didn't really, you know, like, knock it out of the park, so to say. But my nervousness aside, hello there, dear listeners. Don't mind me. I'm just freaking out over what is probably nothing. Welcome back. We've got what I would consider is one of my favorite topics for you this week. Um, Funny that I so conveniently forgot about it until I was researching the Bermuda Triangle last week. Um, And before I gloss over the pleasantries and all that, I'm Shelby. That's Charlie. And uh, yeah, we're going to try to crack the mystery that is the Lost Empire of Atlantis. I feel like this is normally the part where I would disagree with you and make my claim that it's all made up, but the sources you found for this one are definitely intriguing. So as per the usual, we have utilized a number of sources for this week's episode. One of our main ones is Atlantis and the Silver City by Peter Daughtry. That and the others can be found in the description below. And we definitely urge you to check them out for yourself. Uh, Hell, even shoot us an email to discuss the topic if that's something that you have any thoughts or opinions on that, you know, we happen to not hit. I I would say reach out to us regardless. Like, it's an interesting subject. And while I believe it's generally accepted as a work of myth and legend, there are some pretty strange things in the world. And I wouldn't doubt that this could be one of them. And I don't even say that as like a crackpot nutjob conspiracy theorist. Like, what's that one rumor? Like, we know more about space than we do our own oceans. Like, if that stands to be true, is it really that much of a stretch to think that Atlantis may have been or may be a real place? Like, there's definitely some def- like definitive 
scientific basis for a couple of the things that I know off the top of my head when it comes to Atlantis, but I, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll get to it. Um, I will say, though, I am a bit more confident about the episode now. I, I think we're, I think we've got some solid information to go over. Good. I was about to say, too, that we should probably get started before the entire episode turns into uh, conjecture and whataboutism. Right, hey, all I know is you were telling me that the Aryans live there, so I'm, I am down to spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you want to kick things off, or should I? I'll give it a go. So, people, the freaking empire of Atlantis, the lost empire of freaking Atlantis, like, ah, I cannot believe we are talking about Atlantis. I'm so stoked. This is amazing. It is literally stuff like this that makes me super happy that Charlie helped revamp and restart the show with me. But uh, uh, anyways, Atlantis. God, it makes me tingle every time. I love it. So it's obviously written off as being a mythical fictional island that's mentioned in an allegory in regard to the hubris of nations. And if you weren't previously aware, this fictional island comes from Plato's works, Timaeus and I think Critias, I want to say is how that's pronounced. It's intended to represent, quite literally, hubris, wherein the antagonist uh, naval power besieges ancient Athens. Like, the long and short of it, at least from the Wikipedia article, because yes, we do consider that a viable source, kind of, is that Athens stood against um, Atlantean attacks so profoundly and successfully that it proved Plato's theory of state organization to be the superior one. Wait, wait, wait. State organization? Yeah, so one of Plato's works is called The Republic and is his most famous since it's proven to be one of the most influential works of philosophy and political theory. Okay. Thank you for mansplaining. Oh um, my god, you're the one that asked! <laughs> I'm kidding! I had to say it! <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make sure you weren't getting things mixed up by like claiming that the Republic was his idea of a state rather than it being his work. No, 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 no. But, um, breaking news, everybody. If a woman asks you a question and you answer, you are mansplaining and you're yes. going to jail. <laughs> and spreading. You can't splain without the spread. I can't spread because I had hip surgery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, as, as far as the Republic, I definitely made sure that I understood the distinction. Um, but anyways, the story ends with Atlantis losing the favor of the gods, ultimately being struck down and submerged into the Atlantic Ocean. Now, while I love the idea that Atlantis may have actually existed, I did look into where exactly ancient Athens was, because I'm super horrible with geography. And, like, Athens and its respective position to the Atlantic Ocean, it's, it's pretty friggin' far. Like, super far. I, I, uh, I think we could get this all done in one episode. I don't think we need to do two parts. Yeah. Um, it, it really was quite the distance from, you know, the supposed city of Atlantis to Athens. And while I'm sure the story is captivating, I don't think either of us have taken the time to read The Republic. Not at all. No. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have trouble reading current authors. <laughs> what makes you think I'm going to go back and start at the beginning? I took two philosophy classes in college, and they were super interesting, but some of those guys, I'm just sitting there like, okay, uh, sleepy time. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, I, I did as well, and, like, I, here's the thing. For me personally, I am very, very staunchly the type to sit and ponder myself and then research later to see who else has already thought of this mm -hmm. I, like i just i took the philosophy classes and like sure some of the ideas that these people had were like interesting but 95 percent of the time i was like this is fucking boring what this is yeah. this is stuff i think about on an almost daily basis so does that make me as smart as them? Or, like, can I can I go on to be a philosopher? Like, what the hell? Nice humble brag, Shelby. Actually, that's from Phil. So. Oh, God. 
He said that about himself. No, no, no. Phil told me that I should be a philosopher. Oh. To, to which I, I very sternly responded, I have had many conversations with people that did actually pay attention in their philosophy classes. Mm-hmm. There's not a single idea I've had that is original. That's how I feel. Yeah, because I, I was, I love the guy. He can be a little bit much to deal with. I'm not going to say annoying. Like he, He's just very, very, very book smart. And he and I and another friend um, were going out to dinner and we were talking about, um, it was something to do with if I say like, hey, somebody should go punch this person. And then someone actually does go and punch that person. Who's at fault? The person that did the punching or me for saying, hey, somebody should go punch that person. And like, I'm, I'm giving all of my spiel and all of my like, spur the moment thoughts on it and dude in the back the the super educated book smart guy is just throwing like philosopher after philosopher after philosopher and i'm like okay i'm just fucking dumb then (laughs) because he's like he's taking everything i'm saying and he's like oh so you're you're proposing this line of logic oh you're proposing this person's line of i was like how the fuck do you know all this but anyways where were we uh well, you interrupted sorry, sorry me for, for a the, very long time because you were explaining. The, um, <laughs> God damn it. So. I'm going to let you do this episode by yourself. I swear to God. Okay. You sound like a, a lot fucking crazy mistakes. person. <laughs> you are getting increasingly meaner <laughs> as the weeks progress. Oh my god. If you want to leave the show, just tell me. I won't be mad. I wish I could make that sound that that lady on TikTok does. That horrid wheeze. <laughs> Something like that? Why'd you knock on the fridge? Because the salad, it might be dressing. What the fuck? And then she makes that horrible sound. Sounds like a dying air horn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have no idea what Charlie's talking about for what? Because I deleted TikTok. What? I'll <sighs> find it later. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Okay. All right. We're talking about the Republic and uh, da 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 da. <clears throat> oh, I did want to add that looking at the map given in many of the sources, Atlantis was supposed to be incredibly massive. So. I, in my small, feeble mind, was thinking that it was this relatively small island, at least, you know, comparatively to what you think of when you think of the size of a country. I'm sorry. No. I I 100% thought you were about to say my small lady brain because you've just been on this whole, like, mansplaining kick this whole fucking episode. (laughs) <laughs> oh my lord. Oh my lord. Okay. <clears throat> we hope you guys get as much of a laugh out of this as we are. Oh god. <laughs> All uh, right. We're both stone sober too. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, that's actually uh, pathetic. Okay. No, it's not. It just means we can have fun without um alcohol or drugs. That's a good okay. thing. All right. Okay, no more interruptions. So, Atlantis is supposed to be about the size of an entire country. Whatever that means. That's also very arbitrary. Countries are big, islands are small. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, think of Italy compared to the Bahamas. Italy's a country, Bahamas are islands. Or Italy to the Canary Islands. (sighs) Okay, whatever. So it's about the size of an entire country, at least according to some of the interpretations. We'll get to that a bit later, though. Yeah, like, dude, I was thinking the same thing. I, I thought maybe the size of, like, I don't know, maybe Delaware or something. I, I, I'm, I'm bad with geography and guesstimation of size, so I don't, I don't know. I got no horse in this race. I wouldn't even say that big. Maybe triple the size of the keys put together. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But anyways, we're not here to debate the size. Just know that on the maps we saw, like, check the sources to see for yourself. It's pretty damn big. What I do find interesting is that the Britannica article, like the encyclopedia, 
um, about Atlantis suggests that it may have actually been real. Rather than going on a long-winded direct quote, basically the article says that while it may be legend, many European writers believed it to be true after hearing the tale from Arab geographers. Uh, the story may also actually reflect some ancient Egyptian records of a volcanic eruption on Thera in 1500 BCE. And this eruption, so monumental in historical times, was accompanied by several earthquakes and tsunamis that tore Crete apart. Um, that may have been what gave birth to the legend of Atlantis, so there is a little bit of historical data to vindicate the possibility that it exists. And without diving too much into it, because it's not the focus of the story for this episode, the story of Atlantis, while minor in Plato's work, has had incredible impacts on literature ever since. And while the Britannica source draws a link to the eruption on Thera, others speculate that Plato simply made everything up, drawing loose inspiration from the failed Athenian invasion of Sicily in 415 to 413 BC, or the destruction of Helice in 373 BC. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? I kept saying he like. <laughs> he like? He like? <laughs> I'm assuming uh, it's Helike. I mean, I like your... You, you pronounce words very beautifully, so continue doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but, like, regardless of whatever anybody says, I'm convinced the play's fucking real, okay? And before we run the risk of boring everyone, I think now is as good a time as any to talk about what Atlantis was whether, you know, truthfully or not. So Atlantis is a utopian civilization that became insurmountable in terms of naval power. It was founded by half-god, half-humans, and was made, and was, quote, made up of concentric islands separated by wide moats and linked by a canal that penetrated to the center, end quote. It's said to have had gold and silver, rare exotic wildlife, other precious metals, and its capital city was on the center island. While many believe the location was in the Atlantic, there are theories that it was in the Mediterranean, off the coast of Spain, and even underneath what is now Antarctica. And the shitty thing, too, in my opinion, is that Plato claimed Atlantis existed some 9,000 years before his time, and that the story was passed down through generations of poets and priests, um so on and so forth, et cetera, whatever. Oh, that's right. Plato's writings are the only known records of its, uh, of its like existence or something, right? At this point in the episode, yes. But, spoiler alert, that's going to change a little later on. Like, normally, okay, like, that definitely would take away some credibility. But you and I both know that there is so much culture and information that's been lost over time. Or is otherwise just flat out unrecoverable. Right. And there are other theories that Atlantis was merely created to help further push Plato's philosophies about the divine versus human nature, ideal societies, gradual corruption of human decency, stuff like that. And I know those ideas can be found throughout a number of his works as well. The creation of Atlantis would have served as just, I mean, at least from what people interpret his writings to be, Atlantis would have served as just another vehicle to deliver those themes and messages, which I is it I think is entirely entirely plausible as well. Yeah, and I think we're looking at the same source or very similar sources because I read that the legend of Atlantis is quote, a story about a moral, spiritual people who lived in a highly advanced utopian civilization but they became greedy petty and morally bankrupt unquote you know i can't help but comment on the fact that the inhabitants were what half god half human beings and then they succumb to these lowly human conditions yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah i was thinking about that too but then i started to get a headache because like i just don't want to <laughs> yeah i don't blame you <laughs> 
And in accordance with the story, the gods were angered that the Atlanteans had lost their way and therefore sunk Atlantis into the sea with, quote, one terrible night of fire and earthquakes. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the gods and would posit that it was just the motions of the earth, but that's just me. It, I mean, it does kind of make sense, though, with, with the previous theory we we posed about like volcanoes erupting and earthquakes and all that that could be the you know terrible night of fire um but obviously i do know that you know the gods were attributed to many of the natural disasters of old and all that stuff you know they didn't have the information we have now um you know at least not to the extent that we have it now but anywho i think this is a good point to start looking into some of these theories about atlantis a handful of the interpretations that were possibly miscalculated or misinterpreted and later corrected and you know, all that other stuff. There are a lot of them. And while unfortunately we won't get to them all, I do think we're going to cover a lot of ground in a short time. So I, I, we'll, we'll just, we'll see where we go. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Works for me. I will start us off with these theories and translations since you started off the episode. All right, Captain. So to tie back to last week's episode, one of the theories is that Atlantis was a very real continent that got swallowed up by the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Throwback to previous episode. Dude, it only made sense to have this follow last week's episode. Yeah. And the origin of this goes back to 1882 with former U.S. Congressman Ignatius L. Donnelly, who published Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. Antediluvian. I have not heard that word in a long time. I've never Um, heard that word, period, until now. What? I've not heard that word, period, until now. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Later writers, specifically Charles Berlitz, used Donnelly's work to expand theories on its location. And it is also Berlitz who made the Bermuda Triangle claim. Some other theorists were boasted up by the discovery of what appeared to be man-made walls and streets off of the coast of Bimini, but, or Bimini, but investigations found that they were simply natural beach rock formations. Then there's obviously the theory of Plato, you know, that he made it up, which was mentioned. And the fact that it's actually Antarctica, which I don't think that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, I'm not giving too much credit to that one. Like, a whole ass ice continent that somehow went from the Atlantic all the way to the South Pole. Like, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, I know it sounds funny and completely implausible, but the reason for the theory behind Antarctica being Atlantis is that it existed before the continent was covered in ice. But if we're staying in line with Plato's words of it being destroyed by fire and an earthquake, then no, it wouldn't be Antarctica. Right. And like that's about what I was thinking. I just didn't articulate it as well as you did. No comments from me. Oh, whatever. I have trouble communicating. I'm sorry. (laughs) What makes this even more intriguing, at least for me, is the descriptions that Plato gave and the fact that they can be found all over the globe. I know the book goes into significant detail in regard to those clues and allusions, so I think it's about time that we, you know, kind of actually get into what we claimed as the main source. Atlantis and the Silver City by Peter Daughtry. Sorry for that strange pause, but that's all you're going to get. Um... One of the first things mentioned in his book is the age of Atlantis, specifically the fact that it existed some 11,600 years or so before his time. And that's one of the most disputed things about the utopian land because it would have been thousands of years before the Great Pyramids and before the, quote, world's first civilization, unquote, which was the Sumerians. But there is a wealth of evidence that points towards civilizations existing much earlier than that. So that being said, while I'm not leaning one way or the other, I think it gives credence to the possibility of Atlantis being real. Exactly. Like, I even went so far as to take cursory looks into, like, tectonic plates and how they've moved, where they've moved, all that kind of stuff. And there were a couple models that didn't include any significant landmass between the U.S. and Europe. 
but there were others that did. The downside and discrepancy is that the ones which did, I don't believe they provided a timeline on when exactly the shifts in the plates had happened. You know, obviously they're consistently happening over time, just very slowly, at least I think. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Right. So I, I don't know. That's my overall thought on it, but, you know, still a lot more to cover. Um, we've already got some theories floating around, some speculation on the location and the overall validity of Atlantis, at least up to this point. Um, I have some information in regards to the location and validity. There's one theory that holds a fair amount of academic support, and that theory claims that Atlantis was the Greek island Santorini, which was formerly Thera, you know, the place that went boom. And it also aligns with Plato's description of being consumed by violent earthquakes and floods, which was what happened. I also want to point out that there have been many people who've studied the subject, and whether deliberate or not, if a singular theory doesn't align with their hypothesis, then they just flat out ignore it. One in particular was an individual by the name of Robert Sarmast, who claimed Cyprus was the site of Atlantis, but doesn't include clues that would definitively disprove that. I feel like that's a recurring theme on the show. Whenever uh, something doesn't perfectly align or happens to not work, the person's just like, well, fuck that. That doesn't exist anymore. Only these clues are relevant because they agree with me. Right. That's like the, the soap maker of Correggio or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not only doing a disservice to yourself, but also to any who read your material. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. And as far as Santorini being a likely location for the potentially fabled city, there haven't been any bodies uh, discovered in the dig of what's now Akratori. Also, the inhabitants, the Minoans, were not aggressive, nor were they warlike. But in terms of other clues, specifically about being a great maritime civilization, the Minoans do fill that quota. Um, it's really interesting, too, because there have been a number of genuinely well-researched books written on the subject. Obviously, all of them claim to have found the location of Atlantis, but unfortunately, none of them agree with each other. It turns out Donnelly's book, the guy we mentioned before, is one of the most popular and most quoted. He even went so far as to, uh, quote, examine evidence and legends from old civilizations all over the globe, unquote. This included any and all coincidences of types of plants and names of plants which can be found on both sides of the Atlantic. And the reason this is important is because if they're found on both sides, the explanation is that they had to come from a singular place in the middle. I mean, that or the plants came with travelers, like, that's a very reasonable explanation. Right, I was just thinking the same. <laughs> like... like I know people brought all kinds of things with them when they traveled. So Mostly disease. <laughs> is it really that far of a stretch that maybe there wasn't a place in the middle, but just, you know, rather something not indigenous that came with? I don't know. Uh, exactly. And in regard to the volcanic eruption on Thera or Santorini or whatever the hell it's called now, I know that, at least according to Plato, that eruption would have occurred some 8,000 years after his proclaimed timeline of events. Though it is possible that when switching from Egyptian to Greek, he may have gotten the figures wrong by inflating them at a factor of 10. So, like, I know the guy was intelligent at all, but that obviously does not exclude him from the possibility of making a mistake. You know, what, what's the idiom? To err is human or something like that? Well, that's if Atlantis actually exists. There's a lot of theories, but unfortunately... No definitive hard evidence. Ha That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, like, there there have been documentaries done um, in, a, in the same way as the Robert fellow that you mentioned when trying to peg uh, Santorini as Atlantis. Um, you know, and with them, they just kind of pick and choose which clues align and then completely ignore the ones that don't. At the end of the day, either... A significant amount of the clues must match, or all of them must match, to even attempt saying that it's been discovered. Of course, there's also the fact that Plato is the only one to write about it. Again, so far, we'll get to it later. 
and the fact that it's believed the clues may have been mistranslated. Which, if any of that's true, then everyone could be looking in the wrong places to begin with. I mean, that's possible. There are so many more clues and allusions to the land as well, I think. Did you mention the co-centric rings yet? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Um, Because I was reading that it's often confused that Atlantis is a city when it was actually an entire country, and the concentric rings and all that were the capital of it rather than the entirety of it. And there, there was also another thing I forgot to bring up. Um, I, I think I'm saying it right. Rand Flemoth, um, a name of a person. I don't know where they're from. Uh, he's one of the people that posed the Antarctica as Atlantis theories under the claim that Antarctica was much further north and due to the shifting of tectonic plates ended up where it is now. The problem with that is that if it were true, and Antarctica did move a vast distance rather than, you know, the itty-bitty bit continents already move, it would conflict with where Plato indicates Atlantis would have existed. Other areas that have been ruled out are that Cuba was once part of the Great Empire, um, a large city off the west coast of India, which was about 7,000 to 8,000 years old in terms of when it sank, quote-unquote, Um, And then lastly, a location in West Africa, which feature the concentric circles, but is significantly inland and in an inhospitable area. Not to mention that many of Plato's clues very clearly and unambiguously place Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean off the eastern coast of what's presumed as America. So couple that with the fact that Atlantis was the gift from Poseidon to his first son, Atlas, and the ocean around it was named Atlantic. If we're taking all of this as literal, then there's absolutely no doubt that Atlantis is in the Atlantic. There's no other place it could be when accounting for all the clues. I don't know if we had mentioned the Pillars of Hercules or Heracles, depending on translation, but the clues distinctly refer to that, which is the Straits of Gibraltar. Granted, there were some other areas referred to as the Pillars of Hercules or Heracles, but Plato was, without a doubt, referring to the Straits of Gibraltar. And one thing I find interesting is actually a misstep we took earlier. I'm not sure if you caught this or made notes about it, though. So apparently there was a website run by an R. Cedric Leonard, which was home to an equal amount of research as the book we used. Though the site no longer exists, unfortunately, Cedric apparently scoured ancient manuscripts that made reference to Atlantis long before Plato did. (gasps) And according to some of those texts, the Greeks knew of Atlantis, but referred to it as Erythea, which was a reference to the color of the setting sun. And this would also undoubtedly put Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean. Shit, I I do think I missed that part of it. I remember seeing the name, but I think I glossed over that chapter. Um, there is something I want to focus on is the debate between Atlantis being an island or a country. I think we'd kind of definitively said before that it was without a doubt a country. Well, I did make mention that we would get to the translations later. So I think we're good. Okay, cool. Perfect. So, at the time of his writing, Plato referred to Atlantis as a, quote, Nesos or Nisos. Um, And apparently, with this word spelled N-E-S-O-S, there are three variations of translations. One of them is island. Another is mouth of a river with mud shoals. And the third, which is kind of really interesting, is peninsula. And it is entirely possible that Plato misconstrued the size of Atlantis. And the theory that it's not actually a country is somewhat reinforced by the fact that no reference was made to the north, east, or west coast, only the south coast. There is also evidence that the Greeks used that singular word to describe both peninsulas and islands. And further evidence from uh, Reginald Fessenden, who worked with Thomas Edison, stated that Nisos was often a more uh, encompassing term, which just meant land. That said, Plato could very well have been uh, referring to a land directly outside the Straits rather than this grand country. It's possible. Hopefully our listeners haven't lulled off by now. Uh, 
probably the most informationally dense topic we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. Definitely not like the Bermuda Triangles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's super interesting, though. No, I, like, I totally agree. Like, I am 100% invested in it because I love the idea of Atlantis. And, like, hopefully there are some others, many others, that share my appreciation. Oh, I'm sure there are. It's just a bit different from our usual episodes. Uh, not a bad thing. Just different. So, anyways, back to the subject at hand. There seem to be a number of conflicting tidbits, surprise, in regard to the translations of Plato's writings overall. So it's certainly possible that Atlantis was actually just an island or peninsula separated by a strait. It's also possible that earthquakes over time eventually caused it to sink to the depths of the ocean. This would credit a handful of the clues because if it had, it would have made the area more difficult to navigate, as stated in one of his clues about not being navigable because of mud shoals. If this is the case, then I think that discounts Santorini as being the location of Atlantis. And it's also verifiable that the clue regarding Atlantis's wealth has truths to it. So in the form of natural resources, that area in which it's rumored to have existed was the largest producer of precious metals for thousands of years before Plato. And that would lend much credit to it being a land wealthier than anyone knew or would know after. Yeah, like there is a whole ass chunk of text about some of the alloys made during those times. And while interesting, I don't really know what it had to do with the story overall. I think it just gives credence to Atlantis being in a narrow down area rather than opening the possibility to it being in various places or moving to various places. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Well, continuing on with evidence that it existed right outside the Straits of Gibraltar, um, we've got the described climate of the area. So Plato writes, quote, they made cisternas, some open to the heavens, others roofed over to be used in the winter as warm baths, end quote. And this clue, which is clue 75 out of, uh, I actually don't know how many. Yeah, I don't, 75 clues is a lot. I wonder how many there were in total. Um, but anyway, this clue is supported by the climate of the area, which was hot and dry in the summer and had wet but mild winters. And clue 97 also, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be surprised about this, but I, like these numbers are just now hitting me. So clue 97 also supports this with saying, quote, twice in the year, they gathered the fruits of the earth in winter, having the benefit of the rain from heaven. And in the summer, the water, which the land supplied by introducing streams from the canals, end quote. He also specifically mentions chestnuts, which is pretty accurate because the area is known for groves of them. There's also mention of a fruit that was used for various things, which the author deduces is the, how do, how do you say this? Carob? Carob. Never heard of it, never seen it, but I don't know, dude. I'm really starting to think Atlantis is there. We just don't fully understand what we're looking for or what it was. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess compelling info, but... I would think that if all of these, you know, professionals are examining the same things, wouldn't they have found something by now? I mean, I would think so, but I'm inclined to say no at the same time. Like, I know interpretation is a massive part of any type of discovery, and the interpretations of Plato's writings alone have already been refuted in, in the book and thus in this episode. I mean... Hell, you can have 10 people look at the exact same thing and come back with 10 entirely different messages. Like, sure, some of them may agree or overlap with one another or coincide with one another, but the likelihood that they universally match or agree is pretty improbable, in my opinion. But I'm obviously no expert on the subject. That's just anecdotal conjecture and speculation, all that fun stuff. So... To continue on with narrowing its location, we have the quest for the capital city. There were a few places uh, suggested which were ruled out, 
but a Nat Geo documentary, National Geographic uh, documentary from 2011, claims that the capital was found in the marshes of North Jerez, um, spelled J-E-R-E-Z. However, Jerez was ruled out because it was within the region that was given to Poseidon's second son, not the first, which was Atlas. I don't remember his second son's name, but clearly it wasn't important. (laughs) (laughs) There have also been a number of other locations that people have theorized as the mystical Atlantis, but they don't quite align with the clues given. According to Palladia, god damn. Palladia? I I, I saw the word stadia and then jumped back to Plato. (laughs) Oh. According to Plato, Atlantis was about 50 stadia which is like about nine and a quarter kilometers or five and three quarter miles from the Straits of Gibraltar. Obviously, the distance may have been miscalculated, but some of the proposed spots are upwards of 50 kilometers or 30 miles away. However, there is a significant amount of compelling evidence that the once great capital of a once great civilization has actually been found. The town of Silves in Portugal complies with 18 of Plato's clues regarding the distance, measurements, topography, and geography of the possibly fabled land. Actually, quick correction on myself. The capital was 50 stadia from the shore, not from the Straits of Gibraltar. So, sorry about that. That's my bad. But anyways, so the size of Silva's place in Portugal is incredibly similar. The waters connected to it are similar. It matches the description pretty well with the fact that it's not perfectly circular, but may appear so. I mean, I think we've got a good shot on claiming Silvis as the capital of Atlantis. Wouldn't that then make Portugal the land of Atlantis? I I think so, though I think the land may have shifted and moved over time. Like, that may not be the case here, at least in terms of Silvis moving from out in the ocean and into Portugal. But it doesn't mean that the shifts in the landscape didn't build like build up Portugal around it. As of right now, I'm I'm personally thinking Silvis is the best bet on correlating the clues with where Atlantis was. I mean, Silvis may very well have been the capital. You know, I don't know exactly how many clues there are that reference information for the capital itself, but the fact that 18 of them match seems to be a little bit more than a matter of coincidence. Yeah, I mean, that could be And it's also worth noting that the entirety of Atlantis didn't sink below the sea. It was merely the main homeland that was lost. And I think this gives a little more support to Silvez being the former capital as well. So I'm with you in settling on Silvez being the most likely candidate for being Atlantis' former capital. Yeah. So now we just have to figure out where Atlantis itself was or is. Obviously, we've seen the clues, and the author comprehensively broke them down and went through all the possible contingencies, but we still don't have a solid, definitive location lockdown. All we have for now is that southern Spain and Portugal are the main points of interest, with southwest Iberia being Peter Dautry's main focus on Atlantis' location. And to circle back to your tectonic plate theories... I was able to ascertain a little bit of information on that. Apparently, there is a point right near southwest Iberia, which is Spain and Portugal, where three continental plates meet. And the fault line itself extends across that area, making it a highly turbulent and volatile area of the Atlantic Ocean. So it's very possible that the Great Kingdom got swallowed up by a shift. To kind of stay on track with the location, though, I'm going to just take directly from what the author said. So he says, quote, The initial Atlantis territories would have been southwest Iberia, north Morocco, and probably soon afterwards, the Canary Islands, end quote. Honestly, I think we can probably cut it there and say that Atlantis, if real, existed near the southern coast of Portugal and Spain, and due to various geographical events, disappeared and got enveloped into the two nations. Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> We did okay, it. Yeah, whatever, we solved that is the mystery of Atlantis. <laughs> I have just a few more notes written about a place called Tartessos. It supposedly existed smack dab between what is now Portugal and Spain and includes Silves in its territory. 
Tartessos didn't exist until much later than Atlantis would have, and there's also no discernible information on its exact location, but it's it's also rumored and possible that Tartessos, Tartessos, whatever, was founded by Atlantean refugees. It's toaster strudels. <laughs> yeah. But given everything we've covered up to now, that's a little peculiar that Tartessos's location or history isn't that well known. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I would love to go further, but like, I, I don't know, there's not much more info that the book provides. Everything we've discussed essentially covers I mean, everything about Atlantis, its possible location, what could have happened to it, all that jazz. Um, actually, there there is the whole like more astounding confirmations chapter that had some cool stuff, isn't it? Wasn't there? Uh, yeah, we should cover that as well. Gives a little more insight into the probability and where it may have existed. Okay, so... By the time the author finished the first edition of his book, he had already matched 60 of Plato's clues to various areas. Again, I don't know exactly how many clues there are in total, but 60 strikes me as nothing to scoff at. So in the Indian, uh, what is it, Vedic? Vedic? Vedic. In the Indian Vedic book, uh, oh, fuck. I practice saying this. Mahabharata? Well, no, I, I put... Mahabharata. Mahabharata. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna say it ugly. I don't care. In the Indian Vedic book, uh, Mahabharata, um, which was wit- which was written well before Plato's time, there is much information about a civilization that existed, which was considered a threat by Indian natives. This island was quote on the other side of the world in the great western ocean, end quote, and was conquering area after area, moving ever closer to India. The name of that conquering island, you might ask? Fucking Atala. A-T-A-L-A. Coincidence? I think not. And in other legends, specifically Moroccan Berber legend, Atala is the name given to a, quote, fertile land to the north, occupied by a nation of people expert in mining gold, silver, copper, and tin, end quote. And while these references are frequently cited as evidence to Atlantis existing, only Plato would be the one to provide any specific detail. Yep, and there was also an area on Google Earth near Atlantis's Capitals Harbor area that was named Atalaya. In Portuguese, it is translated to lookout point, which would have coincided perfectly with the area of the capital. There was also the discovery of a large city submerged in the waters off the coast of India. The importance of this discovery is that it's been dated to the same period as Plato gave for the destruction of Atlantis. In addition to that, a researcher named Georgios Dias Montexano unearthed several ancient Egyptian maps, these maps referred to a place called Amenti, which was the original Egyptian land of the dead. Quote, in an immense, infinite cold sea in the remote west. End quote. This land was also said to be ruled by the gods, and there were even maps on the coffin lids providing a type of satellite navigation leading to it. And the importance of this is that they provide an outline of Iberia and where Atlantis would have been before it sunk. Fuck yeah! Further proof! And yes, I think the maps that were found show a much bigger area that went down, which the Egyptians knew of, than what was previously thought. So, I I think we can finally say case closed? Yeah, that's fair. And I think that about wraps up all the information I have on the subject. Uh, I think we can comfortably say it probably did used to exist, and was near Portugal and Spain. And look at that, we did it all in one episode. Go us! Woo! Like, dude, I, I do. I love the idea of Atlantis. Like, obviously, it wasn't this, like, mystical place like the Disney movie or whatever made it out to be, you know, where they had flying crafts and operated on the power of some magic stone or whatever. Like, but it was still advanced for that time period. Right. And the history of it coupled with all of the clues and the research the author did definitely make it an interesting topic as well. I think Tartessos not having any identifiable history makes it a prime candidate for being the region that, you know, was inhabited after Atlantis fell. Will we ever find the remnants of it? Who knows? Did it actually exist? Ah, I'm on the fence. 
I think the scientific and archaeological communities are on the fence as well, from my understanding at least. I know that the hunt does continue to find it though, and who knows, maybe something will turn up in our lifetime. I, fingers crossed that if something does, like, I need to know. I want to go to Atlantis. I want to get transported to where the aliens are. Fuck. Is that too much to ask for? God. I've, I've, I have dwindled down to accepting a high five, and even that's too much to ask for. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're waiting for all that to happen, apologies if that was kind of an abrupt anticlimactic ending. Um... I do wish we had more for you, but that's really all we've got from the plethora of sources that we tapped. Um, there, I know there are many other ideas and theories and stories about Atlantis, but I think we wanted to take more of like a uh, practical kind of historical approach to it. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone very, very much for tuning into another episode and hope that... Uh, you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because we love you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to offer more support for the show, you can now find links to our Patreon and online shops in the episode description below. Definitely check those out because I know Shelby has added a couple more things to the Patreon tiers. Uh, and if everybody's like- getting shit. doesn't matter. Just give me a dollar. I'll, I'll send you oh, feet pics. I don't <laughs> If you'd like to follow the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at CYS Podcast. And send any and all corrections or additional information to cyspod at gmail.com with the episode title in the subject line and your sources in the body. Yes, and this is officially the last week that we're announcing the one-year episode, uh, one-year anniversary episode extravaganza. If you'd like to come on the show and talk about the keto diet with us, Shoot us an email, cyspat at gmail.com. One year anniversary in the subject line. Include your name and some sources in, in the body of the email. Um, I'm keeping a close eye on that inbox. So anybody that sends something, you're, you're going to get a response right away. Um, and then last, certainly not least, you can find me on Instagram, shelbatron underscore one, spelled out O-N-E. And me at charlie underscore C-Y-S. Have spelled a wonderful week, everyone. What? I said spelled out C-Y-S. C-Y-S. Well, no, because it was a joke, on a play on my name. Shelbatron underscore one spelled out O-N-E. Charlie underscore C-Y-S spelled out C-Y-S. I'm too tired for this. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, everyone. See you next time. Stay weird, creepy. Good night. I'm going to go buy my own fucking scuba gear and find Atlantis myself. <laughs>